0: welcome everybody back to another episode of boosting your financial iq i'm excited because today i have a special guest brianna Riedel, and she is from the the firm accounting tax solutions i've known brianna for a number of years and she's very knowledgeable on the topic that we're going to get into today which is understanding business entities so welcome to the show
1: thank you steve i appreciate the opportunity a little nervous, but we'll, uh, we'll get through this for sure. I'm excited.
0: I know it took me a little bit to get you on the show because you're like, yeah, I just, I don't know, but I have complete confidence in you and you're going to do great today. I'm, so yeah, I'm, I'm pumped.
1: Well, I, I appreciate it and I am excited as well.
0: So it's funny because like the first time I met you, which was like over a decade ago, this was actually a course you were teaching at one of the conferences I was at. So it's funny how it comes full circle. And now right. here we are talking about it again.
1: Yeah, I am a member of uh, ALCC, Associated Landscape Contractors of Colorado, and they came to me and asked me to present a course at their annual conference. So this is one I think that a lot of people have questions about. They want to start a business or they're in a business and they're not sure how to set it up or what to do. So it's definitely a topic that we get questions on all the time from people just starting a business or people that have a business and they want to look at a different business structure.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I know this has been a topic that has come up for me too, because I've, I've started multiple businesses. I've You know, I've I've been an executive of of different businesses and structure, like entity structure is such a critical topic to understand. You know, I'll mention today, and and obviously I always disclaim this in each of the episodes, but we're not attorneys, right? So this isn't legal advice today, or, or this isn't tax advice. This is just for educational purposes. But I thought it was important to have somebody like Brianna on where we can talk about like the different implications and different tax treatments of these different entities, but by no means are we saying, Hey, this is exactly the right one for you. Because as you'll see, there are a lot of nuances in all this.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. One, one size does not fit all for sure.
0: Yeah. And and I think every single business situation is different. So um, let's hop in and then there's, there's a lot of questions that I have about this. And I think this will be really useful for the listeners today. And it doesn't matter whether you are in college, listening to this, I and mean, you're trying to boost your your financial IQ, or trying to trying to learn more about entity structures, or if you're a business owner in an existing business, or you're starting a business. But I think just general knowledge on this and like key terminology and, and tax treatments is is going to be really important for you in your journey. So let me ask you this, Brianna, what's the importance of a business entity, and what's a business entity all about? Like, what are we even talking about here?
1: Well, I mean, the importance of a business entity is you want to make sure that you are keeping the business separate from the owner. So the business records, the personal records, those should be kept completely separate. We can also go down the path of I'm a business. Should I, should I set up a DBA? DBA is doing business as. And if you just register your business as a, quote, doing business as, it's not the same as forming an actual business entity. It's just registering the name with the state. And then you're doing business under a different name for other than your own personal name.
0: Okay. So pause there real quick. So let's just okay. start from the, the very, very beginning, like the most basic. So let's just say I have... Like a little say I have a hobby and I'm like, okay, maybe I can make money at this. And so I'm just gonna sell this product or service to some of my friends and kind of see where it goes. And maybe it doesn't make a lot of money, you know, it's like a few hundred bucks there, a few thousand bucks there. Can I just accept payments from people just like under like Steve Co., you know, Steve's Steve Service Company, and not do anything and just use like my social security number to file taxes and you know record my income and expenses to for this like this like side hobby what so yes. talk to me about yeah. that.
1: You can do that. And that really is just considered a sole proprietor. Super okay. easy you can register the name with the Secretary of State as a DBA. That's really all you need to do. You're still operating as a sole proprietor. You just have this doing business as name. So people can pay you under your name, they can pay you under your business name, but still you want to keep those records, your income and your expenses separate from your personal records. So I would still caution the client that you want to do that. And then I would recommend that they go to the bank and they set up a separate business account with that business name. So Steve's service company would be a sole proprietorship. You could set up that bank account and then you would track all of the income and expenses for that business in that bank account. And then when you file your taxes, all of that gets reported on your personal tax return with just a separate schedule. It's called a schedule C Mm -hmm. and that's where that gets reported for your personal return.
0: Okay, so that that's like the default, like the super simple, easy way to do it, and and you're right. It's like you definitely don't want to commingle funds. It's not like you want to receive payments from your business and just put it into your your checking account, your personal checking account. And same thing, you don't want to just be using your debit or credit card, your personal one, for business expenses, or or funds become commingled and it's a mess. So that, let's say okay, so that's fine. So you could do that. The problem with that though, that I understand, is like it's there's a tremendous amount of risk. So I may. Say I'm, um, I'm providing plumbing services under Steve service company. And, you know, I, I just have a DBA, a sole proprietor, like you mentioned, and I go to their house and I happen to flood their house by cutting the wrong pipe or something. Then what happens? And, and talk to me about, about that.
1: Well, in that case, your liability is really unlimited so they could come after you personally they can come after your, your personal assets, they can come after your house. And so that is where it can get really tricky. So we typically will consult with our clients. And if they have the type of business where there could be some liability, we would caution them to not just operate as a sole proprietorship. If they are dead set, against operating as anything else that's when we would say you probably want to consult with legal and possibly look at getting a really good umbrella insurance policy that would cover you know x amount of dollars if there is an issue that's that can be sort of one way to get around if you will the difference in entity by just staying with the sole proprietorship versus opening up a different business entity.
0: Sure. Because with a sole proprietor, to your point, it's like, it doesn't matter if you're selling charm necklaces online or you're providing plumbing services. I mean, all it takes is for, you know, a kid, God forbid, swallow the necklace and they come sue you for everything you have personally and everything. And, and so I, and I think that's why, you know, not just from a risk standpoint, asset protection standpoint, but just also, you know, getting a right structure in place. That's why the business entity is so critical, correct?
1: Correct. Absolutely.
0: So, what are the different types of business entities then?
1: I mean, the, the main types of entities we have are sole proprietor, which we talked a little bit about. You can have a partnership, you can have an LLC, which is a limited liability company. And then you have your corporations, your C corporation and your S corporation. Those are the basic major types of organizations that most people will choose from.
0: Okay. So let's talk about each of these because I'm sure a lot of the listeners have heard about LLCs and corporations, and we could spend the majority of our time on those types of structures, but let's talk about the LLC first. So why would somebody choose to set up an LLC over like a corporation
1: let's take a quick break
0: all right i have to interrupt the show but i'll be super quick I have a question for you. Who are you working for? Chances are you're working for everyone else besides yourself. Think about it. You're working for shareholders by grinding away in someone else's company. You're working for a bank by paying interest. You're working for the government by paying taxes. You're working for social media companies by giving your attention to their paid advertisers. You're working for your friends by doing crap that you don't want to do. You're working for everyone else by not pursuing the most essential things you are destined to achieve. Look, I've been there. I'm still there at times. Ugh, it could be so frustrating. If you want to achieve financial freedom, the fastest way to do it is through business. Don't get tricked by get-rich-quick schemes. Don't be fooled that your 401k is going to build you wealth. Don't waste time by trying to piece business finance together. Check this out. Here's my invitation. Go to byfiq.com, which stands for Boosting Your Financial IQ.com and check out our programs. We have one for every possible path you're on. Whether your goal is to become fluent in business finance, launch a profitable business or scale a business successfully, we have a solution to help you. I promise you, your life will change when you take action. So check out these opportunities that I've prepared for you. Now back to the show.
1: They would choose it because the owners themselves have limited liability, hence the name limited liability corporation or company. Sorry. The owners have limited liability. So meaning that if somebody were to come after them, they would have to come after their company first. So it it limits the liability of them personally, that their personal assets are protected and they can they can choose how they pay their payroll taxes. They can choose to be a corporation, an S corporation, or they can choose to be a partnership. We can talk about kind of the tax treatments of those in a, in a little bit. So but, is there
0: one that's easier than another? Like if I'm sitting here thinking, okay, you know, LLC, corporation, I'm just starting out. I don't know if it's going to be like a one person company or if this is going to blow up and be, you know, a thousand people in the future, obviously I have high aspirations, but I may be thinking, is there one that's easier to set up or what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think so. When you're talking about looking at LLC versus S corp, those are sort of the two, two main ones that people will talk about, which one should I be? If you're starting out, you're really not sure if this is going to take off, you don't know if you want to have employees, the LLC is going to be much easier to set up. There's no annual meetings that have to happen. There's no board of directors. You can basically run it similar to a sole proprietorship, but again, you have that extra liability protection. So that's when It's probably more advantageous for a person starting out where they're not sure about some things with the business or profits or employees. It would be the easier of the two.
0: Okay. So I want to set up an LLC. Like you mentioned, you could go to the secretary of state, you could register this organization, file your articles of organization, and then go to the IRS website, get an EIN, which stands for employer identification number. So you're not mm-hmm. using like your social security number. Um, so you could get this all set up. And then from a, a tax perspective, you kind of touched on this. How is that LLC initially taxed? And are there different options when it comes to... Um, how you'd be taxed and what the treatment would be moving forward?
1: Yes. So when you're setting up an LLC, you can certainly do it yourself. There There are websites that will guide you through how to set it up and forms that you need. And you can certainly do it yourself. We recommend going to an attorney, paying a few hundred dollars to get it set up correctly with all of the proper documentation that you need. Mm-hmm. and have it set up and roll with it. That's not to say that you couldn't do it yourself, but we just recommend that people would use an attorney just to make sure that you have all of your I's dotted and T's crossed.
0: Got it. But with okay. that being
1: said, when, once the LLC is set up, if it's just you, then you're considered a single member LLC. In the IRS's eyes, they call that a quote, disregarded entity. It's not a nice term, but it's just the term that they use. So what that means is you have the liability protection of an LLC, but your treatment of how you report everything is like a sole proprietor. And that's when it's just one person, one owner. If you have two owners, then it's an LLC Well, let me just say, you can treat it like a partnership or you can treat it like an S corp if it's an LLC. So when you originally set up the LLC, treat it like a partnership. If you want to have it treated like an S corporation, then you make this election, which is you file an IRS form 2553. And that is the application to be taxed as an S corporation. It's a pure tax election for IRS, and that's it's just a difference on how the taxing is treated. So how that works is the LLC itself then has hopefully a profit, and that profit is subject to income tax, and it's subject to self-employment tax. The self-employment tax is referred to as the Social Security and Medicare tax if you were say an employee of a company, when you look at your paycheck and they have that social security and Medicare tax withheld from your check, the employee pays into that and the employer pays into that. And that's what we call self-employment tax. Okay. So being an LLC, whatever profit you have at the end of the year, again, is subject to income tax and self-employment tax Got with it. an S corporation. What happens is, again, whatever profit is in the business at the end of the year, that is taxed to the individual members or shareholders of the business. However, what you can do with an S corporation is you can pull some of those profits out in what we call distribution, and you're saving the Social Security and Medicare tax on that distribution amount. So that's where the appeal comes in with the S corporation, because you're saving some of those payroll taxes when you're pulling out those profits.
0: Okay. So if you're an LLC, just tax as a partnership, you're not paying yourself W-2 wages. So it's not like you're running your paycheck through an actual payroll and paying the taxes. You just pay the self-employment tax at the end of the year, plus your federal income tax
1: correct yes llcs do not pay their owners up as a as an employee they pay their owner just as an owner so what happens is they the llc would pay the owner a certain dollar amount there's no taxes withheld on that like a paycheck and then at the end of the year that profit is taxed at the federal level and state level
0: okay and then so if you're if you're an LLC, you're not getting a, a W-2 type paycheck. If you're an S-corp though, my understanding is that you have to pay yourself some type of salary, run it through payroll, withhold the taxes. And then the entity, the S-corp has to match Medicare and social security taxes on that. And then like you said, as an S-corp, you could take distributions and then those distributions are not subject to the Medicare and social security Tax match. Is that correct? Did I say that right?
1: Yes, exactly. So, with an S corporation, you have to become an employee of the corporation being an owner. And so, it will run just like you have other employees. You'll get a paycheck, there'll be taxes withheld, including the Social Security and Medicare tax. And then, the company as the employer matches the Social Security and Medicare tax as well as they would pay into the state unemployment and the federal unemployment up to certain dollar limits. So then, then what happens is you pay yourself a salary of whatever that is. And then you can also take what are called distributions in an S corporation. So what that really is, is it's you're paying yourself a return of profit. Mm -hmm. So you never want to pay yourself a very low Salary and a very high distribution. IRS will flag that all day long because they obviously want their fair share of everything. And so you just want to be careful that you're using a good ratio of salary versus distribution. Now, again, not legal advice, not tax advice for anybody, but typically we will tell our clients to stay in a three to one, two to one ratio, salary versus distribution, to be comfortable with that number. Now, IRS talks about with S corporations, what is a quote, reasonable compensation, but it isn't anything that has a true definition. Your definition of reasonable salary could be completely different from my definition of a reasonable salary. But one of the things you want to look at is what could you pay, or what would you pay somebody that is doing your role or your position? What would you pay that person? It, you know, if it's a hundred thousand or if it's whatever it is, that would be your company's definition of a reasonable salary. So you just want to be careful when you're looking at that because, again you don't want to take a very low salary and a very high distribution because IRS can come back at you and they can say, nope, that's not a reasonable compensation and we are going to change that. And then you have a whole other issue with back payroll, payroll taxes, penalties, interest, all of that stuff. So we definitely don't want to go down that road. And if we get a new client and we see that they're an S corporation, they've taken zero salary and they've taken distribution. We won't even accept the engagement because it's too much exposure for the client and for us.
0: Yeah. That makes perfect sense. So basically what you're saying is like, if if you're an owner of an S corp, it's not like you could pay yourself $50,000 salary and then take $250,000 in distribution and say, wow, look at it. I I avoided uh, the the match on Medicare and social security on those distributions.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Got it. Okay. So I think that's great. And I think that's fine. I think there's some important limitations that we should talk about when it comes to the S corp, because people may be listening to this and think, wow, like no brainer. Why wouldn't I just be at LLC taxes and S corp? Or why wouldn't I just set up an S-Corp because I could save all this money. So what are some of the limitations when it comes to S-Corps?
1: Well, with S-Corps, yeah, there are some limitations. One of which being it's limited to 100 shareholders. So if, if you have this company and it is growing leaps and bounds and people want to invest and they want to be owners and it's great and it's awesome, you're limited to those hundred shareholders. Mm-hmm. Also, it has to be well, let me tell you what it can't be. Corporations, partnerships, LLCs, non-resident aliens cannot be shareholders of an S corporation.
0: I think that's a big issue that I had to like unwind in this company that I was, I was helping. They're they're a large organization and they set it the business up as an S Corp years go on, decades go on being in business. And then it came time to exiting the business and the owners wanted out. Well, they were considering bringing in a minority investor, but the minority investors, my understanding is that the, the minority investors, they they were established as LLCs. So they wanted to invest as an LLC into the business, not as individual investors, but they were unable to do that because with S-Corps, you can only have individual investors. Is that correct.
1: correct? That is absolutely correct. Yes.
0: It, individual so, like, owners, right? Yeah.
1: Individual owners. Yes. If if you're an owner of an LLC and you want your LLC to be a shareholder of the S corp, that will not work. You as the you as Steve Coffrin could be the shareholder of the S corp, not your LLC.
0: So, it, and it limits. So it limits like capital bringing in capital um, later on in the future.
1: Correct. Absolutely. Yeah. That, so those are, those are some definite disadvantages of the S-Corp. But, you know, honestly, with most of the clients that we work with, we don't have that problem because really they're, they're people that are investing in these corporations and they're under 100 shareholders. So we don't really have those issues, but I know that they're out there. And it's important to talk about them.
0: Sure, because I know when it comes to firms that are looking to raise capital, a lot of these venture capitalists or sources of private equity, they're gonna wanna see businesses set up as LLCs, but better yet, C-corporations. So maybe you could talk a little bit about a C-corp. What's the difference between a C-corp and an S-corp? Sure.
1: C-corporations, those are corporations that are set up you know, similar to all the other ones, but the owners, they don't have any personal liability of any, any of the debts of the corporation, any liabilities of the corporation. They, there's no personal liability there. If they want to raise capital, they can sell corporate stock because when you set up a corporation, you have shares of stock that are issued and shares of stock that are outstanding. And so if you're wanting to raise more capital, you can sell more of those shares. And then if something were to happen with some of the shareholders of the corporation, it can continue to exist separately from those shareholders. If say they pass away or something like that, it it can continue. You know, some of the disadvantages of the C Corp is it's probably one of the most complex business structures It will probably require lots of legal time with filings that need to be done, reports that need to get filed with various entities. And then the earnings are subject to what they call double taxation. So, do you want me to talk about double taxation? Yeah, explain double.
0: Yeah, go ahead and and explain double taxation because I think that's an important concept.
1: Yeah. So what double taxation is, is with a C corporation, whatever profit the corporation has at the end of the year pays corporate income tax. And then when the shareholders get a dividend where a dividend is basically a return of the profit, then those shareholders are taxed personally on that money that is, quote, a dividend. It is not payroll It's totally separate from payroll. It's a return of profit that those shareholders are getting paid and it's called a dividend. And again, they're taxed then at their personal level for that money. So that's where that double taxation term comes in because the corporation itself is paying a corporate income tax. And then the individual owners, when they take a return of profit, i.e. a dividend, they're paying tax at the personal level.
0: So that sounds terrible. Why, why would somebody ever want to be taxed double?
1: There are some times that a C corporation is necessary. It's warranted because C corporations, they can have foreign owners. Mm-hmm. So unlike an S corporation, a C corporation can have that. They can have as many shareholders as they want. They're not limited to shareholders. They can have different classes of stock and that's probably a conversation for a different day. But you know, there's Class A stock, there's Class B stock, there's different classes of stock. They can have that with the C corporation. So there's definitely some more flexibility. C corporations, they there's definitely an unlimited growth potential with them. So while there is the downfall of the double taxation, sometimes. You just may need to be the C corporation if you have some of these other things going on, like the foreign owners and different classes of stock and that sort of thing.
0: Sure. Exactly. And so talk a little bit about this because a lot of times I tell clients, I say, look, your LLC or your S corp does not pay taxes. So maybe you can explain that a little bit more in detail about why LLCs and S corps don't pay taxes and what that actually means?
1: Yes, that is that is a question that we get all the time. And it's a really hard concept for people to wrap their heads around. I have this business and it doesn't pay tax, but in essence, it, it, it does, but the entity itself doesn't pay tax. What happens is LLCs and S-corps are what we call pass-through entities. And so what that means is that the entity itself does not pay any tax. What happens is it flows through to the shareholders or the owners of that corporation. And then they pay personal income tax on those profits. So um, does that, does that make sense?
0: Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. And so it's like, it's the corp, the corporation, like the S corp and the LLC, it does pay tax. Like it it matches Medicare and social security. So there's employer paid payroll taxes that it pays. It pays sales tax and other uh, municipal related taxes. It just doesn't pay income taxes to your point. Like those profits flow through a K one to the individual. And then the individual is ultimately picking up the tax.
1: Right? Yeah. So if, if an entity has employees, other than yourself as the owner, if they have employees, Absolutely, they're going to pay the payroll taxes, the Social Security tax, the Medicare tax, federal employment, state unemployment. Sometimes they have a local tax, like an occupational privilege tax. And then if they're selling a product, absolutely, they'll have a sales tax filing. So those taxes absolutely all get paid with those entities. What we're talking about is the income tax. The income tax portion is where things get different. Mm -hmm. So that's where whatever profit is reported on the entity return, it is then split based upon ownership percentage of whatever the owners have in those entities. And then that profit or loss based upon the ownership percentage gets reported on what's called a schedule K-1 for that entity. Then you take that schedule K-1 and you then report that on your personal return. And then you're paying your federal and state income tax only at the personal level for the profit of the business.
0: So, and I guess that could be an issue there because if you are um, an owner, you have ownership in an S-corp or an LLC, um, and let's just say you're an investor, right? So you're not operating the business, but you say you put, you know, a hundred thousand dollars in, and in return you got twenty percent of these businesses, whether it's mm-hmm. an LLC or an S corp. Well, theoretically, or not theoretically, practically, you're you're getting a K one schedule with that allocation of income that's going to be reported on your your uh, tax return. So. If the company makes $100,000, you have 20% ownership, you're getting 20% income allocated to you. And if the LLC or the S-Corp decides not to do a distribution, then you're picking up $20,000 of income on your tax return and you're paying taxes on that, even though you don't have the cash to pay those taxes. Is that correct?
1: Yes. But let's also talk about if you're an LLC then what can happen is the ownership percentage of an LLC and the splitting of profit or loss, that can be different. Mm -hmm. So if you have a person who is an investor and they want some piece of the pie, they want a certain percentage, you can say, okay, you investor are going to participate in whatever percentage, you know, 20% of the capital of the company, but you will participate in 0% of the profit or loss of the company. So that's the beauty of the LLC as well, is that percentage can be different. The percentage of money that they're taking out as a as a draw or return of profit versus what they're getting taxed on. So that versus- can be different.
0: Yeah. Versus an S corp. And you exactly. say, yeah, four different, four different members or four different owners. Um, you, if you make a distribution, it has to be equal based on their percentage of ownership of capital, percentage, ownership yes, percentage. Exactly.
1: based upon their ownership percentage. So exactly. You have an S corp and there's four, four owners that each own 25%. Well, then their distributions have to equal 25%. And then their K1s, their percentage of the profit or loss also has to equal 25%. So there's yeah. no getting around that with an S corporation. If you do happen to change that, or let's say it's four owners, they each own 25%, but owner number one, his distribution is 30%, not 25% that can be a huge deal and that can negate your S-corp status because then that's considered a second class of stock because that person has received more in distribution. We just don't want to go down that road. So you want to make sure you don't ever, if you have an S-corporation and there's reasons for it, you don't want to get that taken away from you.
0: Yeah. And then that's why, you know, at the beginning of this, we said, look, you know, this is where you need to get legal advice on all this. This isn't, these are things that you don't want to trifle with really. So let me get, let me go back to another thing, because this is a common like point of confusion when I'm talking to people, I'll ask them on the onboarding process. I'll say, what type of entity structure do you have? And they'll say, I'm an S corp. But then really I'll look at their tax returns and it's like, no, you're an LLC tax as an S corp. Mm -hmm. So if if you're an LLC tax as an S corp, does that convert you into an S-corp or are you still an LLC taxed as an S-corp? And how does that all work? Because that that seems super confusing for people.
1: You're really an LLC taxed as an S-corp. So you will, to to get that done, what happens is you would form your LLC, but then when you want to be taxed as an S-corp, you have to file that form 2553 with IRS and IRS has to accept that for you to have the tax treatment of an S corporation. So it's a pure tax election, but at the end of the day, your structure is still an LLC.
0: Okay. So you're still an LLC. Your legal structure is an LLC. It's just how your tax is different. Now, if you're an S corp, can you file an election to be taxed as a partnership or some other type of entity?
1: You don't file an election per se with IRS. But what you would do is you would have formal paperwork set up by an attorney to have that switch happen. And it can, it definitely can happen. But when you go from an S corp to an LLC, it's almost like you're liquidating that S corporation. And it's a taxable event because you're selling, if you will, those shares of stock back to the owner's. And so it becomes a taxable event. So definitely consult with your accountant, consult with legal, if you want to make that reverse switch.
0: Got it. Okay. So that's why getting it right from the get-go is pretty important. And I think having that foresight and look, not everybody knows exactly where a business will go into the future, whether it's going to be one employee or a thousand. But I think really being strategic in this step of the business and like, Consulting with the right people, the right tax professionals, the right legal professionals to get this right is so critical because you don't want to unwind it and you don't want to be stuck in a structure that could be, um, you know, harmful for your growth or for future capital raises. Right. if, If your business needs it.
1: Right. Exactly. And you said it. You said it perfectly. You don't want everything to be so confusing and so just wound up that it takes time, hours upon hours of attorney time and accountant time to get this unwound when you could have just had it set up correctly to begin with.
0: Exactly. So what what does the term piercing the corporate veil mean?
1: Oh, I like that. <laughs> so what that, what that means in pretty simple terms is when you are when you've set up a corporation and you still really continue to operate kind of like a sole proprietor, you're running personal expenses through the corporation and you're really not acting like a corporation, then IRS can come back and say, no, you have pierced the corporate veil. So, I mean, think about that. You, you have put this hole in this this veil that is covering this corporation because you're really not acting like the corporation. You've created this hole where all of these personal things are getting in and you're really not acting like the business that you have intended to set up.
0: Yeah. That makes sense. So, I mean, you could set up a corporation and say, look, my assets are protected. I'm this corporation, but you're not running it like a a true corporation piercing the corporate veil may may preclude you from that. And and like you said, the IRS may come back and say, look, you're not really a corporation. You're really acting like a sole proprietor. Or from a risk standpoint, the risk protection that you thought you had by having a corporate structure could actually be pierced.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It, it could be null and void.
0: So I, I think that's something critical to look out for. So we talked about a lot and hopefully it's not confusing as people are listening to this. I mean, when you see it on paper or you're sitting down with somebody, it's much easier to explain, but let me just like try to do a recap here. So you have an LLC and an LLC by default, if you do nothing other than set up the entity, you're going to be taxed as a partnership. So you don't pay yourself through payroll and you take distributions and those distributions are subject to self-employment tax.
1: Self-employment tax
0: and the and federal and state income tax, yes. And federal and income state um, tax. So then if you want to file an election to be an LLC still, but to be taxed as an S-Corp, you could do that. But remember, as an S-Corp, you pay yourself a salary right? that's in balance with the distributions that you're taking. I, I like the ratio that you mentioned before. So some type of ratio there where you're paying yourself a fair salary, you're taking the salary entity is withholding these taxes and it's matching those taxes and it's paying on employment, unemployment taxes, like federal and state unemployment taxes and other, you know, occupational related taxes. But then you could take distributions as an S corp and you're not subject to the Medicare or social security match. So there's a little bit of savings there compared to the self-employment tax. Right. But you're still an LLC. If your tax is an S-corp, you're still an LLC, you act like an LLC, you file as an LLC, but you're just treated from a tax standpoint as an S-corp. So don't get that confused.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: Now, if you're an S-corp, there's the advantages that we talked about, but there's also limitations. So you can't have foreign investors. Distributions have to be made proportionate to the ownership of the business. And you can't have entities invest in your business. So if I had Steve's Holdco LLC, I kind of invest directly into an S-corp. I'd have to invest as Steve Coffran personally.
1: Right. And it's limited to the 100 shareholders.
0: Limited to the 100 shareholders. So there there's other things there. So I'm, I'm just doing very high level overview for the listeners. So I mean, remember, seek professional guidance on this, but I just, I just want to lay things out from a very high level. Now a C corp, you can set up a C corp as well, more of a complex structure, but uh, it is subject to double taxation. So the corporation pays taxes, unlike the LLC and the S corp, which is just a pass through. It pays the C corp pays taxes, and then when it makes uh, dividends to the investors, the investors will pay a tax on those dividends. So the double taxation thing may seem like a disadvantage. However unlike an S corp or an LLC when the the business makes money that year and those profits get allocated you you pay taxes on the, the allocated income versus a C corp i may have ownership in a C corp and until a dividend is made to me i'm personally not paying taxes on that distributed income did i right. say that all correctly
1: exactly yep perfect
0: and a C corp i mean you could you could take a C corp public and you could have unlimited number of investors and i mean there's there's other advantages there to that offset that double taxation. So that that's a high level overview of the entities
1: and the easiest the easiest type of entity is just going to be that sole proprietorship. And we mm-hmm. didn't really you know you didn't touch on that because you know i really think it's important to have some sort of liability protection. But if you're just starting out and you think, hey, this is what I want to do, there's always sole proprietor that you could go down that road to begin with and then talk about converting to a different entity type down the road.
0: Okay. And so final, my final question is, what is a B Corp? Because you know, we hear about B Corps out there. What is actually a B, B as in Bravo? What does that actually mean?
1: You know, to be honest, I don't know a ton about them. All I know is... They're, they're considered what's called a benefits corporation. So it's a legal entity that is given a certification like fair trade or USDA organic. And when I was doing a little bit of research, it looks like there's only about 3,500 B Corps in existence right now, including a couple of big ones, Ben and Jerry's and Patagonia. And that is about all I know on B Corps.
0: <laughs> okay. So if you want to learn more about B-Corps, maybe I'll have to do another uh, episode one day. But at least you have uh, a rundown of uh, sole proprietors, LLCs, and uh, uh, corporations.
1: Exactly. And those well, are, I, those are the, the main ones that really people talk about. You, know, you can go into limited liability partnerships. There's a lot of other different variations of that. But I think for these, the purposes of today's topic those are the main ones that most people would consider and talk about.
0: I agree. And so I'm I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation. I think it's going to be a huge benefit for people. Um, I wish I would have had this information a long time ago when I set up my first company at the age of 16, but, (laughs) uh, but Hey, here it is now. Here we are. So Brianna, thanks again for coming on the show. See, you said you were nervous at the beginning of the show, but you did an amazing job.
1: I was, but no, it's good. Yeah, once you get to talking and and, uh, get excited about the different types of entities, you just keep going.
0: See, and that's when you know you're a true financial nerd is when you get excited about this type (laughs) of stuff. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. Yes, totally.
0: (laughs) Well, if you want to learn more about our nerdiness, you could go to www.byfiq.com, which stands for boosting your financial IQ. If you go there, you could go to the guest page. I'm going to put a link there to Brianna's profile. Um, You could read her bio and then I'll provide links to her, um, her organization. So check that out. And uh, there's other resources on boosting your financial IQ that you should check out, like videos and, and other things that will help you along your journey. So Brianna, thank you so much for coming on the show. You do an amazing job. You're very professional. Your work is, is top notch. And I'm glad that I was able to get you on the show to uh, share this important topic with the listeners.
1: You are so welcome. I am honored to be here and I think this is great and I really do appreciate it.
0: Well, thanks again. And for you listeners, thanks for tuning in. And until next time, take care. It's now time to give some shout outs. So thank you everybody for giving me your feedback. It's extremely helpful. This one's from Nano. I'm a passionate college student with a strong interest in financial literacy. I'm eager to join the BYFIQ community. Your wealth of knowledge and inspiration is truly appreciated. Thank you so much, Nano. This one's from a call Your podcast is awesome. I recently started listening to your podcast and within the first episode, I learned a lot. Thank you for putting it together. Songs are a classic. Thank you so much for giving me your feedback and I'll continue to give shout outs as the comments roll in. Hey, real quick, if you get value out of this podcast, it would mean the world to me if you would leave us a review. Also, if you wanna be featured on the show, send me a recording with your name, your age, where you're from, and your question through a voice note or a video using your smartphone.